right, back out of here on The Fan. We'll get to what Doug Peterson had to say about Trevor Lawrence in just a second and what this game means for the Browns. Are we using it as a barometer for the postseason? We've got Dominic here today, though. And uh, Dominic, I love that you asked me. So we used to do a, a segment. Did you ever work with me on a Sunday or no? Yeah, we worked a, a whole year of Sundays, right? I, I wasn't here yet. You weren't here yet? No. So I'm really? approaching my one-year anniversary here. Really? Yeah. Why does it feel like we did Sunday shows forever together? <laughs> I don't like, know. I've known you forever. I, I don't know. You've only worked here a year? Uh, not in, I think, on the 16th. Oh, my gosh. Mackenzie, how long you been here? It feels like... I've only been here a couple months. Not a couple, okay? Couple a couple? <laughs> Sorry. You guys are really about to blow my mind here. I'm like, I've only known you for two months? How long have I known you? I like, started in May. I mean, that's that's like six months, isn't it? That's a yeah. long time, I think. Okay, that's half a year. You're at a year. Mm-hmm. Wow, it feels like you guys have been here forever. Okay, I had no idea. Anyway, I feel like I've known you for a very long time, Dominic. Mm-hmm. I know about your I know about your girlfriend. I know about your mm-hmm. dad. I know about your, 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 your what sports teams you like, what they don't mm-hmm. like. When I was on Sundays, we used to do a segment called <sighs> What's Streaming? The name of it was What's Streaming. Actually, do you have the, we have sounders and everything. We used to have the whole thing up there. Don't worry about it if you don't. It is what it is. When I used to go through those, I used to tell everyone basically what I was watching all throughout the week. That's why, That was like what I was doing. But I started doing this night show, and I just don't, I don't get to watch much TV at night because I'm here talking to you guys. At night. And so usually I watch all these shows. I watch it with my wife and then we kind of sit back and I'll have games on. But then we'll also on the other TV, we'll be watching TV and we'll be watching different sitcoms and things. And basically I love I love TV. I love TV in a very, very big way. So I'm always watching things. but I don't get to watch as many things now. And you asked me if I'd watch Bookie on HBO. And I, it is one of the things that we've squeezed in because there's not many things right now that are really on TV. Like we watch the new Frasier. We like that a lot. We watched this bookie show. There's really not much, though, that we get to watch right now. I feel like the the strike that was going on, I feel like now we're feeling the ramifications of it, where there's just not Big as much time. Yeah, yeah, there's not, not, not as much new television right now, and maybe in a couple months that'll change. I hope in a couple months that'll change. A lot of shows got split in half worth of seasons. Yeah, that's awful, yeah, too. Yeah, not enjoying that. No. I it, it, For the first time in the streaming world, it feels like we genuinely sit there on a Sunday night and we're like, I don't know what we're going to watch. We haven't had that. And the entire time that we've been in a, like an arms race between HBO and Hulu and Netflix and Amazon and Paramount and everyone that's in this race, we've always had something we could go to. Past couple weeks, it's been like nothing. We watched the Squid Games reality show. We just finished that up. That was great. No, it was really good. I didn't like it as much as I like the actual Squid Games but it was pretty close. It's pretty close. If you like Squid Games at all, you should watch it. I think you guys will enjoy it. But anyway, Bookie stars um, Sebastian Maniscalco. I can never say his last name right. I'm I, Italian. I can do it. You I got it do done. It. Yeah. I. You know what's funny? I actually I have a in my living room. We have a we have two photos of downtown Cleveland. Right. One is from a distance, looking at uh, looking at like the main public square area and everything. The other one is. A street view image of East 4th Street. Why it's East 4th Street is because when I lived downtown with my wife in our apartment that we lived in, we were within blocks of East 4th Street. So we spent a lot of time taking in different food on East 4th Street and spending time down East 4th Street. So it's got like a special place in our hearts, right? And so so this photo is of East 4th Street and it's got the comedy club and Sebastian is on the actual marquee for it. Like it's like tonight. 
That's awesome. Sebastian Maniscalco or whatever the hell. Maniscalco. I can, I can never say his name. Yeah. I can never do it. Maybe Bookie will teach me because I actually like him now. He's awesome. I, 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 I've never seen his stand-up. I'm going to watch good. his They're stand-up. Netflix. I know they are. And I've taken a lot of stand-up. I've never watched his stand-up because he's not a comics comic. And I'm not saying I'm a comics comic. Not in the slightest bit. I don't know what that means. Okay. There's your baseball player's baseball player. There's your radio host, radio host. Like the the ones that do everything technically as sound as you're supposed to with you. do it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could make an argument to people in this business, I would be considered more of a radio host, radio host yeah. than I would be considered anything else because I do everything very technically sound and I do everything like I I I, I do the the nuts and bolts of this in a proper way where other radio people that tune in are like, okay, yes, that's very good at what he's doing it, even though most people to their common ear don't understand the different things that I do, which, again, doesn't make it better or worse at all. There are comics that are comics comics that nobody's ever heard of. It doesn't make it any more, uh, any, any better. Right, here's what I'll say. Without saying any names attached to it, we have some people here that would be the opposite of a radio host, radio host, that people absolutely love and adore. Same thing with comics. I'm trying to think of a, a, a comic that is that breaks a lot of the the comedic walls and isn't considered what you would normally think. I think Sebastian is the one that comes to mind, actually, to be honest with Shane you. Shane Gillis, maybe? No, Shane Gillis does a lot that's structurally right. Is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, that he he would actually be like one of the definitions of a comics I comic. Like Shane now his his material goes in a different direction than most. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he would be he he does everything in a very most comics that watch him be like, Yeah, okay, I I see how he did this. I, I got how he got there. He's doing it, he's setting up the joke the right way, he's doing it the right way. Whereas Sebastian uses more like his body physical, and he's very yeah. physical comedy, and there's less setting up for the joke to then deliver on the joke. Sebastian could just sit there in a chair for two minutes and you'd be like, This guy's funny. Yeah. That's he, not that's not necessarily what a comics comic would be. He is the thing is with Sebastian that if you are an Italian-American in Northeast America or the Mid-Atlantic, you're going to find him funny. But if you're not from that background, didn't spend around people with that background, you may not. It's very, it's very. hey, I'm Italian. My dad did this. So we, we got peppers hanging from the ceiling. It's very, it's very like, <laughs> do you oh. have, Do you have peppers hanging from the ceiling? Is that a thing? Mm -hmm. Is it really? Uh, yeah, usually for older Italians. Uh, ours were do they just hang, or are they in like hanging. are they in like jars? What are they? How how does this work? So it would usually be in the garage, but sometimes like we have ours like hanging next to like our water, but it's only for it's only it's hot peppers. They're 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 usually grown in the garden in the back. My Nona throws them right on there, and, and then she uh, she puts them in her food. Sometimes she'll like put them in the sauce. You said then, hanging from the wall, though. I'm thinking like in well, my some, mind, well, some people hang them from their ceiling. Uh, they'll put it in front of doorways. Uh, they're trying to get uh, rid of like some evil spirits. Well, naturally, what else are you going to do with yeah. the evil peppers? They're not evil peppers. No, no, no. The peppers. That's right. They're hot peppers. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah. get rid of the evil spirits. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You got you, if someone does this to you. I would never, I would never do this in my oh, dad for radio, but I taught my mom yeah. or my mom, excuse me. I taught my wife this the other day. I taught her <laughs> oh, this. I, I can't, can't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> can you, I think people know what I'm doing is you can hear it. You can hear the yeah. ruffles that are happening. <laughs> but you gotta be careful with, we the were in the car and she was just like, what are some nonverbal ways of saying screw you to people? And I'm like, here's one. That's such a good one. I'm like, don't do it though. I swear. Don't do it. But, <laughs> and she thought it was a stereo. She started doing a De Niro impression with it and was like, is this it? And I'm like, yeah, this is it. 
Yeah, you got it. Anyway, so we're watching Bookie, and I think Sebastian's hysterical in it. I think the show in general is great. If you're a sports fan, I think you'll actually like it. What I liked about the segment, what's streaming, is that I would bring sports things into the equation, right? So Winning Time premieres on uh, HBO, and I'd do a little bit of a deep dive into Winning Time. I'd bring sports things into what I'm watching, because a lot of what I watch is sports things. Bookie really doesn't have much sports in it. But it's got a lot of gambling in it, and they talk a lot about sports, and it's got a lot of it's got enough to it. But it's just funny. It's a funny show. It's a great, it's show, really good. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm only like two, three episodes in. Whatever the, they've had. The but third it's good. episode came out yesterday. Yeah, really I haven't good. been able to watch that one yeah, yet. We watched good. the second mm-hmm. one yesterday. Charlie Sheen. That was funny. There's a lot of good I, stuff. I couldn't believe it was just Charlie Sheen playing Charlie Sheen. Thought that was great. They had the little kid from uh, Two and a Half Men in there too. Where looks, he was in the poker game. I didn't even it. notice that. They didn't highlight him. The little kid from Two and a Half Men looked as if he ate the little kid from Two and a Half Men, as you would expect him to, because he was he was always a bigger kid, hmm. even as a kid, right? Uh, he's just in the corner. He's got like this big beard and everything like that, and he's just sitting down across from Charlie Sheen. They make like one quick reference to it, and that was it. Yeah, I watched way too much Two and a Half Men growing up, though. So I, yeah. <laughs> great, great show. I wasn't missing that one. My dad loved Two and a Half Men. For some I, reason. I did too. Yeah, he loved it. It's funny. It's a good show. All right. Doug Peterson spoke today. He talked about Trevor Lawrence. Here we go. I mean, he's feeling good. You know, we'll see. Kind of base it on, you know, uh, medical staff, how Trevor feels, and uh, if he can if he can go or not. Would you guess questionable designation? Yes. So it'll be a game time, game day decision? Probably so. Yeah, probably so. Game time decision. Now, If I was a betting man, and some people know me to be a betting man, I would make the bet that just because Trevor Lawrence had that cast on his leg that made him look like young Forrest Gump, you know, he's like running and then they all like break off. That was basically the cast that uh, that Trevor Lawrence was wearing. Run, Forrest, run. Just because he looked like that doesn't mean I feel like that Trevor Lawrence is going to be sitting on this Sunday. I've just seen too many videos. I've seen too. I just. I've been around this too many times. I would be shocked if Trevor Lawrence isn't playing on Sunday. Absolutely shocked. I think what's happening here is I feel like Doug Peterson is playing the game just because Kevin Stefanski started playing this game as well. Stefanski started it. Doug Peterson is just continuing it on, and I actually feel like it's detrimental to Kevin Stefanski at this point. When Stefanski said he wasn't going to name a starter on Monday, uh, he what he did was tell Doug Peterson, we're going to do this cat and mouse thing. I'm not telling you my starter, and uh, you do with that whatever you may. And Doug Peterson has just since run with it. He's got no reason to tell us Trevor Lawrence is starting this game. He's making the Browns prepare as if both C.J. Beathard and Trevor Lawrence are going to be playing, and it is what it is. And by both, I mean either. Either or could be playing. And it just is what it is. Stefanski, I feel like, shot himself in the foot. Sometimes it's not always about the gamemanship of it all. But if one side's going to play that way, the other side is always going to play that way. Think about that if you play like Monopoly or any type of board game at all. If you set the rules very early on that you're going to be a stickler for them, you think all of a sudden when you want to break, they're going to go ahead and offer up double the price when you pass go and collect $200 because it's getting late in the game? Hell no, they're not going to do that. They're like, no. You've been a stickler about this the entire game. Same thing happening here. It wouldn't have surprised me if Kevin Stefanski on Monday said we're going with Joe Flacco. If Doug Peterson today was like, yeah, no, it's not a game-time decision. Trevor Lawrence has been on the field. He's been practicing. He'll be the one playing. He got to a good spot. 
I'll be surprised. Even though Jacksonville has what I believe to be the room to, if they want, not play Trevor Lawrence, I think they will. I think they know how big this game is. But the question I have for you guys, 216474 to below 92, should we use this game as a barometer for how we are going to look in the postseason? At first, I wondered if Sunday was a win and get in for the playoffs. I think we have more at stake than just win and get in. I think what's at stake on Sunday is this is the last game where you can take on a team that is going to be one of the top teams in the AFC. You still have Houston, and Houston is good, but Houston is not Jacksonville. Jacksonville is the last team we're playing that is in that upper echelon of AFC teams. And when I say upper echelon, I mean the Dolphins, I mean the Chiefs, that type of echelon, the top, top, the ones, the Ravens, the ones that can legitimately compete to be a number one seed. So let me ask you, 216-474-0092. I know it's a must win. I think Sunday is one of the most important games of the season, if not the most important game of the season. But should we use this game as a barometer for how we'll look in the postseason? Because if we win this one, even though I'll be on vacation next week, I think it might be a BOGO, a buy one, get one. We win this one. We win the Chicago one. And then when I come back, we're talking about how we can have an actual postseason run. Because if you beat Jacksonville, sky's the limit. 216474 to below 92. We'll get to that and more. It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle here with you on the fan. All right, back in here on the fan. Before we get back to the Browns, Jonathan with a good poll at Trevon on Twitter says Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg is what I'm going for in that discussion. He is not a comics comic, but he's revered as one of the best comics of all time. Structurally, he does not pull it off the way that you think it should. What he does should not work, but you can't tell people what's funny and what isn't funny. Sebastian's that same way. You can't tell people what isn't funny. Like, And Mitch Hedberg has some of the wittiest jokes you'll ever find. He does that very, very well. But, yeah, that's that's a great pull there. There's nothing that he does. He doesn't do the, the monologue to set up the joke to then punch it down and then build up the joke to then punch it down and do all that. It's no. He is, I got a 12-second 12, 12 joke into a completely different 8-second joke into a completely different 7-second joke into a completely different 8-second joke. In case you're just joining us, we were talking about Sebastian and uh, and what makes him so good. Now I won't even say his last name because I'm just scared to say it and get it wrong. Sebastian Maniscalco. Maniscalco. He's in Bookies. I like Bookies. I think it's a good show. HBO should send me free material and free swag for how much I, I support their programming and then prop it up on the airwaves. Nobody swag. even knows this show. Nobody even knows this show exists, and I'm out here talking about how great it is. Oh, they do. Do they? Do the people know? They know now. You've also sent me multiple texts in between the break of peppers hanging from ceilings. So, <laughs> all for my parents. I'm learning things. Uh, tell mom and dad. I can tell myself right now. <laughs> Thank listening. you. Yeah. Thank you for the uh, the education on that one. It's and and the the peppers look so they look so dangerous. Well, the the ones that are hanging next to the kitchen, those are the ones that if you if you that touch keeps them the evil spirits eyes, out. No, those okay. those ones will burn your soul. The other ones, yeah, I think, yeah. are almost like like garage de- like decorations at this point. They're just I, no longer food. They're I, just they're I, just something different. I've never seen my parents. Only my only my grandma never see my parents like eat one of them or use them to cook. They're just there. You never wanted to try one out of just pure like, hey, what could happen? As a child, you never thought, let's try this. So my grand, I didn't grow up there. My grandparents lived there as a kid. So, or when I was a kid. So like I was, I didn't touch anything. My grandfather was. Had one of those houses. Was, well, it was like, I'd be in the drawer looking for M&Ms and then I get yelled at and then I'm given 
an apple and four grapefruits and an orange. So it's like, that's just how it was. At least they gave you apples and grapefruits and oranges. I, I mean, guess. my I grandfather see. always cut oranges. That guy. I love. I love that. <laughs> I'd fit in really nicely there. I so one time you guys know I'm from Chicago, and and so people in Chicago where they vacation and where they go to, a lot of them have like summer homes in Indiana, and it's right off Lake Michigan, right there. But there, Indiana is where a lot of people go. I didn't have a summer home. That's not what I'm saying. But I had a friend, my very best friend growing up in life. Uh, he had a summer home, and, and he was Mexican, and and. So like his dad always had we went I went to his summer home and his dad had these really hot peppers and hot chilies around and I remember I was maybe like ten years old or something right this and again this is my my very best friend in life you know until I turned like fifteen or sixteen he's still a good friend of mine but people move away it is what it is right but growing up this is my very best friend he was the one that actually uh, got me really invested into Joey Harrington we be, we both became really big Joey Harrington fans at Oregon and thought that he was going to be the greatest quarterback ever and then just completely missed we still text and laugh about it to this day so I go to their guest house and their dad Chicago police officer big you know tough guy right but like a really smart really just nice awesome human at my wedding for instance is one of those people that you like you see there and you just start to like cry and tear up like wow he knew me when i was knee high to a duck and then here we are right one of those type guys and uh and he gave me one of their like really hot peppers that they had and he was and but i was like 7 or 8 and they had this big jar of peppers and he goes these aren't for you and i said to hell they aren't and he's like no 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 listen and listen, I'm a little white kid, right? And so he he used he used terms that are what it was, and he'd be like, hey, "They're not for you, buddy. They're not, trust me, they're not for you." And I'm like, "No, no, that's not fair. I want one of these peppers." And he knew. I think he knew looking back on it, he was baiting me to eat one of these peppers. He goes, "All right, fine. You want it? You can go ahead and have." It. Marched over there, and I went and I grabbed that pepper, and I wasn't able to eat food for 24 hours. I mean, that thing just that thing killed me. It absolutely destroyed me. And he laughed so hard. Moment I bit into that thing, he laughed his ass off. He thought that was great. And I'm like, yeah, like that's because that's what little kids do. You can't tell little kids, don't eat the hot pepper. You're not going to like it. And then them not eat the hot pepper, which is surprising to me, Dominic, that you at some point in your life, you just, all right, fine, grandpa, I'll take the orange and not eat the hot pepper. That's amazing to me. I didn't have that in me. It was unspoken. It was, it wasn't, it was one of those things like it's in the kitchen. It's in Nolan's kitchen. You don't touch what's in that kitchen unless you're given permission. And like when I got in high school, it'd be like, oh. It's going to hit you with one of those spoons that they stir the no, sauce with. Oh, no. Not the wooden spoon. The wooden spoon. Oh, it, has, it has the hole in the middle of it, so it yeah. catches air. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly what it's for. <laughs> it's terrifying. Aerodynamics. It just, how do we get more speed behind this thing? But see, my mom never used it on me, but boy, was I scared that she was going to. It was always the threat of them using it. It was never the idea that they would uh, use it. It was always the threat of it. And grandmas, for some reason, they always got by. They, that, I don't know why. I would never. I would never put my grandma into like a like a baseball game or something like that. But you, if that game was run by who could swing a wooden stick the fastest, that was it. Anyway, sorry. That was a wide ranging. That was a wide ranging debate and discussion. There wasn't it. We were all over the place. Well, it wasn't that. It wasn't necessarily that. There was a story behind it. There was meaning behind it. Uh, but I think it ended in uh, admitting to domestic assault. And I don't think we need to go down that road. <laughs> Not on a Friday night. My grandma's dead. She can't defend herself. It is what it is. All right. 216 On Twitter there, you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. 
Should we use this game as a barometer for how we are going to look in the postseason? That's what I'm thinking of. I, from a win-loss perspective, I think the win solidifies us in a way that is meaningful. But for me, it means more than that. I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to play or not. I have a feeling that he will. Jacksonville's got a bunch of injuries themselves, but they've won eight games. They're in the same spot as the Chiefs right now as far as their win-loss record is concerned. They have a top-10 scoring offense, better point differential than we have. If this isn't a playoff team, then I don't know what is, and I would take it a step further. I would say this team isn't just a playoff team. They're in that upper echelon of playoff teams. They're living in the high society of the Chiefs, of the Ravens, of the Dolphins. They're in that category of teams, and because they're in that category of teams, I feel like we have to give them that respect, where if we win this game, we also get the respect attached to winning this one as well. When we beat the 49ers, people were walking around, and it was Moody missed the field goal. It was what it was. You can make an argument. Shanahan actually put Brock Purdy in position to win that game, but that's for a different day. When we beat the 49ers, we were walking around, puffing our chest out, feeling good about ourselves. That was a big-time win. Why wouldn't the Jacksonville win be any different? I know we all love C.J. Stroud, and I know we all think the world of C.J. Stroud. Jacksonville is a tougher team than the Houston Texans are, and for my money, it's not even close, especially with the Texans having Tank Dell and that injury, their, their rookie-wide receiver that's been awesome with C.J. Stroud. 2-1-6-4-7-4 to below 92. For me, we got two auditions for the postseason. Am I putting the cart before the horse? Maybe just a little bit, but it's fun. Let's do this. It's a Friday night. I want to know where we sit relative to the rest of the postseason teams, and Jacksonville is the best they're going to play for the rest of the year. We can't call up Mahomes and the Chiefs and get them on the schedule. We can't dial up the Dolphins. It just doesn't work that way. This is our best shot to see where exactly the Browns stand. And if they can hang then I don't see why we have to put any barriers on us as a postseason team that can compete. If they don't hang, then maybe we need to do, as Kanye once advised, drive a little slow. Drive slow. Feels like this is as big a stakes as we get for the Browns, though. See the wins against the 49ers that you have to look back on so fondly of? You know, last week, the Browns' defense, I thought, went to zombie land. I, I don't know what happened to them. That's not Joe Flacco's fault. That's not the Browns' fault either. It was just, it was it as bad as people said? Maybe not, but it still wasn't their finest moment. Give me one good game. Show me what all of it pieced together can look like and give me some hope that we're not hanging on for what is going to be a swift and quick death in this postseason. Tell me if I got to pull the plug before we ever get to that point. And that's why this weekend is so important. If we hang, then it doesn't matter if we play like we have one arm tied behind our back the rest of the way. I saw us be great. And that means that we can get there at any given point. But the 49ers wins, the Bengals win when Joe Burrow started back in week one, the big wins that we have, they're not as big when Joe Flacco wasn't the starting quarterback. We had to reassess these things as was it in the, it's almost like uh, like AD, BC, before Christ, after death. It's like, uh, are, are we? what era are we in? Are we in the before Flacco era or after Flacco era? Because anything in the before Flacco era doesn't count the same way as now the after Flacco era. It just doesn't. Al Saunders called in the morning show. I didn't get a chance to talk about this yet. Al called in. I think he was just on a drive. By what I heard, he was just driving through the city of Cleveland, heard with them talking about the Browns and said, I need to call in. Fantastic. All right. 
Here was Al Saunders on what he thinks about this weekend's game. If you lose next week, it won't be because of Joe Flacco if he starts. You better start paying attention to the defense. That's from a, a coach that's coached 38 years in the league and 50 years in coaching is, you know, eventually really good coordinators. They kept, And I love Jim Schwartz, and that was a great move to get Jim, and those guys are playing lights out a lot of the times. But eventually, really good coaches in the league, they catch up to the wide nine techniques and the pressure schemes, and all of a sudden they realize, hey, you got to run the ball downhill to get out side you got to pitch the ball off of the line of scrimmage to the wide it's about pressure it's about penetration in the run game and you're going to get one-on-one that's on the outside and you're going to make some big plays up the field and and the defense is starting to show some leaks right now and a good offensive coordinator is coming up again next week although they don't have their quarterback but you better get a quarterback in there like Joe Flacco that's not going to turn the ball over. I know he had that one bad ball at the end of the game, but he's going to protect the football. The thing you're going to eliminate with having Joe versus DTR, and it's an argument that some of you callers have made, the thing in the run game you're probably not going to have is the option game and the game that allows him to throw a run based on the defense. You know, you're not going to have that. But you've got a great offensive line coach. You've got a running back that can run the football downhill, and that's what you got to do and joe flacco is a special guy in this situation i agree not necessarily that joe flacco is a special guy in this situation although i was calling for joe flacco to be the starter and i think he rightly should be the starter more about the defensive point that al was making the defense i don't think it's the league figuring out the wide nine but the defense has to get their act together Miles Garrett, for the second week in a row, is going to have what is a really easy offensive line matchup. One of the disappointing parts about what happened last week, and listen, I know he was injured. We've talked until we are blue in the face about how injured Miles Garrett was. At some point, you got to decide whether or not he's too injured to play in the game or whether or not you need to make an adjustment one way or another. But Aaron Rodgers, or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers. I was thinking about Aaron Rodgers in my head. My bad. Miles Garrett. Not being able to attack the Rams' defensive line or the Rams' uh, offensive line in the way that we typically would have seen them, it's just we got to be better in those situations. And I understand not having Denzel Ward and then potentially having him back this week, There was a. There, it's not that there's a massive drop-off between Denzel Ward and, and MJ Emerson. It's just there is a drop-off between it being Denzel Ward, MJ Emerson, Greg Newsome, and then MJ Emerson, Greg Newsome, and then fill out the third. I, I just There's a difference there. And there's something that the Browns, I feel like they just weren't as solid and they weren't as good as what we've seen. Now, are defenses or opposing offenses, are they figuring out the wide nine a little bit better? Or is it the fact that uh, every time you just you go for a play, you're selling out at such a high rate that everyone knows that's coming? And if you get rid of the ball quickly and if you make different adjustments, you can have a good game plan. Also to the fact that we have not been able to stop the run at a rate that we typically would have either. It's a lot about this defense that leads me to worry and wonder where they're going to be down the line. It doesn't mean that I think this defense isn't going to be good long-term. I think they're good. I know they're good. But in games like Sunday, if Trevor Lawrence does go, and, and they don't have Christian Kirk in Jacksonville, but they can do without him. They can. Games like Sunday matter in such a big way towards how we perceive the Browns in the postseason. And that's what I'm interested to find out.
Hey guys, Kyle McCord and the Transfer Reporter Headline, the latest Sons of the Shoe podcast with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. Subscribe now, 923thefan.com or the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to hear more about Ohio State's bowl matchup with Missouri and the big college football news throughout the month. Leave that there. We come on back. We'll bring McKenzie in the mix. We'll go off the beaten path. We'll get to the Cavs as soon as that game wraps up as well. It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle here with you on The Fan.